This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. We know the importance of startups in our economy and what startups do to improve innovation as well. And in many cases, not only do startups benefit from the support of venture capital, but many VCs may have investments in different companies, which may very well be in the same sector, but might be competitors. It's something referred to as common ownership. So how does that dynamic impact these startups? New research shows that one of the impacts involved is the area of research and development. Luke Taylor, associate professor of finance at the Wharton School, was part of research done in this area, and he joins us to take a look at it. Luke, great to have you with us today. Thanks. Great to be here. Let's start with the background on your interest and your research partner's interest in focusing on this idea of common ownership. Sure. I spent uh, at least 12 years here at Wharton teaching a core a finance class called Venture Capital and the Finance of Innovation. So I've been really interested in venture capital investing. Uh, at the same time, I've seen a, a huge debate grow over the last several years over this issue of common ownership. Uh, the, the research lately has been focused on, I'll call it the dark side of common ownership, the idea that when, when a large investor owns competing companies, that can lead those companies to compete less with each other, and that, that can raise consumer prices. So I, I, was interested if there, in one, I was interested in knowing if there, there would be a bright side of common ownership through the effect of common ownership on, on innovation. So this project really marries my interest in, in venture capital and this growing uh, debate on, on common ownership. So I mentioned that, that part of the focus is around research and development. Uh, take us through uh, what you found out through this. Yeah, sure. So the, the question we're, at, we're asking is, how does common ownership affect innovation? And we are kind of, we're studying that in, in the setting of startup companies and venture capital investors, um, we think that's really important because we know startups are important for generating uh, innovation. And we also study this kind of in the context of pharmaceutical startups. Um, part of the reason is pharma is a really big part of what VCs do. It's really important for society, obviously. But there's also some kind of big data advantages in working with the pharma industry. We, uh, we have this amazing database that, that lets us measure at the project level brand new pharmaceutical R&D projects that are backed by VC investors. And we can also figure out which of these projects are competing with each other. So with these data, we find three main results. Uh, we find that common ownership leads investors to, first of all, hold back lagging drug projects. Uh, second, common ownership leads investors to restrict funding to lagging startups. And last, um, common ownership leads these VC investors to redirect innovation at startups that have fallen behind. So if I put this together in my mind, what we're finding is, is it's looking like a lot of VCs are, are following what I'll call a horse race investment strategy where they end up investing in startups that are competing with each other. Yeah. They wait for one of those startups to gain an edge, and then they essentially cut off the lagging uh, startup, they, caught up the, they cut off its funding, yeah. but at the same time, they might redirect that lagging startup to start you know, doing different types of R&D uh, projects that don't compete with that, the, the leading project. 
how common, using the term, how common is common ownership kind of in the VC landscape these days? Way more common than I would have expected up front. What we show is that 39% of startups in our data share a VC in common with a close competitor. Right. So when you're talking about two companies that may be a competitor and kind of going down the same path, one being more successful than the other, the VC seemingly has the opportunity to step in and kind of redirect the positioning of the of the one that may be lagging into areas where maybe other ones have, uh, have not gone down. That's exactly right. That's part, a big part of what we find. So if one startup reaches a milestone, what happens to the other st- startup? Is it an automatic that the VC wants to wants to make that shift? Or are there elements where the VC will want to see if there's a way to incorporate elements uh, uh, w- within the other? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, you know, a big caveat is all of these results I'm describing describe kind of average outcomes. So it's, you know, on average, the common owner uh, holds back these lagging projects. But I'm sure there might be some cases where the VC wants that lagging project to keep going. Uh, there's also uh, findings from other people's research showing that um, uh, there, uh, one thing that common VC owners can do is to share innovation resources across yeah. companies in their portfolio. So, yeah, there are definitely cases where, where these VCs are helping um, these these two companies in the portfolio to cooperate with each other and help each other. And potentially maybe down the road lead to a merger? Yeah, you know, that's something we, we, we thought we would see in the data. We thought we would see, okay, well, you know, this, say I'm a common venture capital investor. I've got these two startups in my portfolio. Why not just have them merge with each other? And that's something we looked for in the data, and we just couldn't find it. Um, right. it. It turns out to be pretty rare, at least in the pharmaceutical space, where you have these tiny um, drug companies merging with each other. Of course, one thing that does happen a lot is that um, these tiny drug companies get bought up by the by the huge pharma uh, corporations. We're joined, uh, we're joined right now by uh, Luke Taylor, who's an associate professor of finance at the Wharton School. What are really then uh, the takeaways from doing this research? Yeah, one takeaway is that, that there could be a bright side of common ownership. So the bright side interpretation of, of what we're finding is that common ownership may be helping us as a society. It may be helping us to reduce duplication of R&D in patent races. So an example, you know, suppose you've got two um, – two startups searching for, you know, a new obesity drug, uh, those two startups are in a patent race with each other. And there are certain economic theories that tell us that when firms are in a patent race with each other and when they're competing really fiercely with each other, they tend to invest more in R&D than, than is good for society. It's uh, a little bit analogous to kind of a, a, a nuclear arms race where you've got yeah. you know, these countries or these companies just doing too much. They're, they're competing so hard with each other that they're investing too much in R&D. Sure. And a common owner can help solve that problem. A common owner can come in and coordinate these firms that are in a patent race and help solve that market failure. 
And again, yeah. the way they do that is kind of by, by you know, waiting for one project to gain an edge and then you know, holding back that lagging project, maybe restricting its funding, uh, maybe redirecting its R&D to, to new uh, directions that don't compete uh, as sure. much. So we are finding uh, kind of this, at least one interpretation of our results is that there's this bright side of common ownership. Of course, there could be dark sides as well, but we do find yeah. <laughs> uh, some evidence of a bright side. Luke, thanks very much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. Me too. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. Luke Taylor, Associate Professor of Finance at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.